five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Ready Set Pwn Podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, the voice coming to you live from a hot box deep in dark Richmond, joined virtually by Sam and another Sam Chan and Omni at Omni Stripe. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Are we going to talk about actual games today? It doesn't feel real. Ooh, it's going to be cool. You know, we could we could simply skip that. I mean, I'm going to presume everyone tuning into the podcast to watch those matches. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and we're and they come here for a banter anyway. I, I'm I don't doubt it. I mean, we got some reviews that tell us as much. I mean, it's been pretty consistent. It's all about this uh, side conversation the two of you have about basketball. And mm-hmm. <laughs> anyhow, we're bringing you more basketball this season. Don't worry, for sure. Uh, but we are back and we actually have Vancouver Titans results to share, which is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, we even got stats. Uh, just before we click record here, we were playing around with the uh, the stats lab, which is something we'll talk about. Of course, it you know broke you know moments after we went live last week, as, as the Overwatch League is apt to do. They listen to our podcast and then share everything we haven't. Let's do this then. Mm-hmm. Ready to go. So, what are we going to talk about this episode? Well, we've got two matches in the bag for the Vancouver Titans. We'll talk a little bit about that. We also have a long break. Get some thoughts on on what that might be or or entail for our favorite Vancouver Titans. And then we'll dive into the fray. There is the results of the week previous, the matches of the week, if there are any. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about Stats Lab, the production, and anything else we can squeeze into this jam-packed episode. Moving the payload! Join me! Kicking off this weekend, the Vancouver Titans faced the Los Angeles Gladiators, and all three of us had this as a win for the Vancouver Titans. I suggested it might have been a little bit closer than one would would think. Omni, you sort of accepted that the Titans would have to work hard, and Sam felt the Vancouver Titans simply by showing up would be guaranteed the win. Now, you could suggest that all three of us were correct because they did, in fact, win three to two, but I'd like to point out that I was probably the one closest in expectation, even though I said it was going to be a 3-1. How are you closer than me? Didn't you just say like I was also kind of reluctant on placing them? Like, well, I and I'm only one away from you guys. Oh, you, you can so. just sit sit somewhere uh, in another room while we talk and discuss this little thing. The okay, I I think if we start adding a qualitative addition to our points that we raised, <laughs> I felt it was going to be a tougher fight than Omni did. But Omni and I both knew that Glads had at least one map to win in them. Mm. What we did not realize is they actually had two maps uh, to win in them. Uh, If anything, and if I were to summarize how that that fight went, the Vancouver Titans were putting on a new pair of shoes, and it took them a while to break them in. Yeah, I definitely felt that way. But, I mean, all in all, Titans are looking good, to the surprise of everyone but this podcast and the Titans fans. 
Uh, we had some hiccups along the way, some close fights. Uh, we started out really well, so I was really hyped. I was like, oh my god, we're so awesome. I think that was the first map on Nepal. We just basically spawn camped them. They couldn't even leave uh, spawn for a while. But then kind of things went south. Yeah, in, in the same map. But it was the Saturday control map curse, right? Yeah, yeah. And I guess there was also a thing in that, uh, yeah, yeah, like you said, all the games were a bit weird. The winners ended up losing the first one. So I'm not really sure what's going on with that map. There were a lot of cool highlights, though. And I was really, really hyped about the other games that happened before. Uh, the meta seems to be in a, in a good place and, and uh, for sure seems to be going doing well except for that one uh, lh cloudy shadow where he just uh, <laughs> was trying to leave the room and, and uh, lh cloudy oh. timed it perfectly i think he saw fisher was uh doing a fire strike and he knew that the shield was down and just bam and everybody was down on the ground but they, they full okay so the glads full-on bumpered that one yeah they, <laughs> true like they they set up shop there like they knew the vancouver titans and maybe maybe that is the strat maybe you come from the the top i don't know but yeah, it was like full on bumper style earth shatter. And I, you know what? I, it, I'm a little bit out of uh, touch uh, or out of um, uh, custom here. I should actually run through the scores of the maps because you had mentioned, oh, that first control we had it. So yeah. you're right. It was 2 1 on uh, on Nepal uh, for the Glads. The Titans then took it back on King's Row, which we call King's Row North 3 2. The Vancouver Titans rolled the Gladiators on Hanamar 2 0. The Glads were able to go install the Vancouver Titans well enough on Dorado to one to force map five where the Vancouver Titans won 2-0. And something that was maybe a little bit closer than the 2-0 score would, would suggest. So now having gotten that out of the way, let's go back uh, talking a little bit about Nepal. Yeah, uh, I, I actually agree with you on the, I thought the Vancouver Titans were simply back to form. Like the fact that they were spawn camping uh, on, on, on Sanctum, you know, blew my mind. Yeah, there was there were quite a few pleasant surprises, and some were not really pleasant during that map. Um, first of all, we got to see Stitch. He mm -hmm. walked out there in the starting lineup. Uh, he definitely had uh, played quite well on the hit scan rolls, and then he was, I think, on Reaper for Nepal for the most part, and he yeah. was uh, matched up against Birdring, the other big unknown for for uh, the league if if we count in Fisher. Uh, all in all, it was quite a tight match i'd say there was a good sleep there from uh, twilight on that uh ulting uh moira i think it was shaz but at the end of the map i was kind of down and like how could we lose this uh, map with this huge momentum that we gain up on on the first map but like we soon realized i think titans were just like trying things out trying this little new uh lineup maybe they were just surprised that lh cloudy was starting instead of og everybody <laughs> predicted ogs oh, he, he's their uh huge pickup right they they gave up space uh to sign uh, no sorry they didn't give up space they they gave up uh Boy, their uh, their uh, some of the rosters to uh sign a star like og for main tank and and uh to play alongside um space, space. And, and LH Cloudy came up, and he was pretty good on the Rhine, so that was quite surprising. Well, I mean, OG, you know, cumulatively got less than 20 minutes of gameplay. LH yeah. Cloudy got double that at 42. Right. But I thought they, both Cloudy and OG were, were pretty good, or better than I expected, I guess, mm -hmm. and then hence mm -hmm. the hence the 3-2 score versus the 3-0. I think on the Titans' first map, they just seemed a little bit out of sync. Mm -hmm. Um 
like like on that big cloudy shatter like it, it there's a couple of things i think we need to kind of talk about one is that they took a huge risk because it wasn't just cloudy that was there for the shatter it was like most if not all the whole team just waiting out there so there's there's two things here right like if you went normally if titans didn't overthink and just walk straight down in the middle they would have gotten in the the glads would have been way out of position right but for whatever reason slime or whoever also didn't scout to check to see if you know that'd be a safe route so there was like two kind of very weird things that combined to happen there yeah. that that kind of made this really cool play but it's it's just kind of strange because we we like they they compared on the stream to like kind of bumpers play but bumpers play is is slightly different in that he's usually kind of like solo sneaking because his team needs to back <laughs> up in case he screws up right but the, the whole glads team was there for whatever reason it was just it was it was strange. Bumper plays like that. Ryan, you'd get who leaves uh, yeah. voice chat in the start of the match. <laughs> yeah, and thing. then blames on an internet if he fails. Right. <laughs> Maybe that's why they dropped him. They they just had it enough of that. <laughs> yeah, but like uh, going into King's Row, uh, and it's very reminiscent of the start of the season last year where we had these matches against teams that are were uh, weaker than us, uh, like in Shanghai and, and uh, Guangzhou. They were really tight because Titans kind of played really, really loose until it mattered. And then King's Row is where it mattered, right? So they had to, they couldn't afford going uh, down 0-2. So I think we, Glads went almost all the way, but we were yeah. able to kind of hold them off there. Um, Twitch was basically uninterrupted, there were two mm-hmm. occasions when he just ulted and killed uh, Birdring, and yeah, we we uh, pushed a, a bit better on King's Row. Who, um, who's this Twitch you speak of? Uh, tw- Stitch, Stitch. I uh, yeah, I'm confused <laughs> with that other platform that we we no longer talk about. Yeah, so that, 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 that um, DPS uh, hit scan player we have with a cute it, face. This is when he rolled on to McCree, right? We, <laughs> yeah. I feel like we watched a lot of Overwatch in the last little bit, so, so it's starting to get a little bit blurry. But like, I think they they really didn't spend much time talking about, you know, this actually rather impressive. What well, must have been close to a four minute hold, yeah. Um, in in point C, I guess. Like that was impressive. Like they looked a little bit out of sorts, and it was kind of like, oh no, here we go again. And then they kind of just, you know toughened up and and kind of kind of right. regained their form and that that was really nice to see i wish i would have seen their their attack but but those watching on youtube uh missed their first point attack it was that fast i right. I, I i was seriously just like texting i think you might have been light force or maddie or somebody and then <laughs> and i looked up and they had point a and i wish i wish we would have seen it but like on one end i was super pissed but then again i was like well at least we got the point exactly yeah. I commented on, on social media at the time, like, what the heck? Did uh, Activision Blizzard decide that the Vancouver Titans needed a head start? <laughs> like, you know, we saw a countdown in the production. And when they hit zero and went back to the feed, yeah, the Vancouver Titans already had, like, a full tick on point A. And uh, Sideshow and, and, and Bren, I think it was actually Sideshow specifically, acknowledged that yeah, everything had started. On the screen or something like that. But we had just gone to see the, the Vancouver Titans go on this, you know, this hold, and then suddenly they're, uh, you know, forcing issue. But the the thing about King's Row, and I, this goes back to sort of some of the the issues we saw in Nepal, is it felt to me that there were some communication uh, challenges, and I, I mean mm-hmm. that in so much that you know the hive mind may not be as 
hyphae. Hyphae, yeah, strong <laughs> of a high, right? That will remedy itself over time. Yeah. We also saw Stitch get off of the Reaper, flip over to the McCree, and he is far better at uh, hit scan than he is at a yeah. at a, a non hit scan character as we would see with the Reaper. We also saw Haxel decide, you know what, Genji's not in the meta. Well, I am the meta. And, uh, you know, decide to to exert himself. And that sort of takes us into what we saw with Hanamura. Oof. So first and foremost, Hanamura rolls out and you start to see some substitutions. One of which was Rujehan. Rujehan comes in for Twilight. And I kid you not, every single person that was at the uh, sports bar watching at the watch party uh, knew what was up. It was only a matter of time until we saw the Hacksaw uh, Genji Nano Blade from Rujeong, and it was beautiful. So it's funny because on Titan's Court, like you were at the watch party, I was at home, and Titan's Court, there was a lot of doubt saying, like, you know, Twilight's playing so well, like, we can't take Twilight out. What's going on? Like, Jehong's not going to do as well as Twilight. And I was just like, hold up, hold up. Just, just wait. Just, just watch. Our kids will be telling their kids <laughs> about this moment. You know what I mean? And and yeah. you could just feel it in the air. Like whatever, whatever weird vibe that Jay Hong has when he steps onto the scene, we all like cumulatively felt that. And it was it was different. The Glads knew it, we knew it, they knew it. I mean, I don't think that the, the you know, the result would have been different if it was Twilight on Diana, but definitely the story would have been less impactful than seeing old team Apex out there uh, slicing and dicing <laughs> the opposition. And it w- went great. I mean, uh, Titans look really nice on that dive. I say dive, but it was a weird hybrid of dive with a Reaper. I'm not sure you can call it dive when you have uh, a Reaper, but but we have divey tanks and, and, and it went really, really well on Hanamura on that attack. That last um, ult, the the nanoblade, when he sliced like five oh, people of the inside team. Inside a spawn. Inside a spawn, one slice, it took out the two healers. I think it was the Moira <laughs> and, and, oh no, it was, I think Moira and Doomfist. Mm-hmm. Or Moira and somebody. I, don't, I remember <laughs> Moira. Then he went in the, the box. Pretty much everyone died like left. twice. Yeah, and he killed the brig. And then he also, to add insult to injury, it was actually a, a, kind of a pseudo six kill because after Sominsu wrecked the diva mech, he went and killed the baby diva as well to add yeah. insult to in, injury. It was so fast, in fact. I, I'm not sure what happened there, but you could see the baby diva die before her <laughs> mech on the kill feed. It was so weird. Uh, hashtag yeah. for the culture <laughs> it was amazing everybody was going nuts i think it's also a good time to mention that uh brandon sideshow were losing their their minds it was an epic moment to well, say the least that is the type of overwatch we want to see mm. yeah i know there are people who are concerned that dive is making a comeback but it can be so exciting concerned i think it was great i i well, like, we'll I'm not talk suggesting about, we are. Yeah, we'll talk about the meta, I, I guess, in the freight later. But for that map itself, it was pretty darn good. The full hold, though, uh, I thought was <laughs> maybe just a snidge more impressive. Because Hanamura is not a map that you would often see full holds on. I mean, last year, wasn't this the map where yeah. it was like a 12-11 final or something? Like <laughs> something that? Like that. Right? Like it... The Vancouver Titans were able to stall, were able to get picks, 
and just frustrate the heck out of the gladiators to the extent that I had already queued up the Vancouver Titans win tweet going into Dorado. Before we go to Dorado, though, don't you want to say something about, as as a Ryan main, about that Fisher solo ult on May? We got, we got to talk about it. I think every Ryan player in the world was like, yeah, you, you kill it, me. It was incredible. <laughs> like, that was uh, I really, actually think that was a missed time. I, I don't know. I, I want to believe it wasn't a missed time. Like, <laughs> I can totally imagine Fisher just raging and like, oh, I'm trying to keep this family he, friendly. I'm not like Light Force here. I'm going to cuss. Uh, I'll like, he was every every Reinhardt ever played in that one hammer. Yeah. And then he had that weird shatter where he shattered between two May walls and he got well, that, okay. That one I thought Ooh. was that was top level skill. Right. Yeah. Like he 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 went and you know shot it. I mean, in fairness, the fact that there's that gap was what made that happen. All it would have yeah. required is one of those walls to touch the other and you know, shatter negated. Um, but not only did he do the shatter fire strike, he then was able to charge through. Mm. Ah, it was beautiful. Can we talk yeah. about Dorado now? Sure. He went out on ball. Fisher did it start. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know what to make of Dorado. The Vancouver Titans on attack rolled through the gate. Like it was just, yeah, we're going to go and cap this point. Thanks. And then from that point on, things just fell apart. They couldn't get anything to go right. And then there was, and I can't remember, it was like, maybe a minute, minute and a half left, there was that team fight where the Vancouver Titans had it won, yet still somehow the yeah. Glads were able to stall and actually pull that team fight to, yeah. to them. Like I, it, and at the watch party, people are like, how? I think the Vancouver Titans had three picks. I think Janu had tossed in a bomb. Like, yeah. And yet the Glads somehow pulled, pulled that one out. And that, that, you could almost see the Vancouver Titans just crumble after, mm. you know, we so, just invested this and oh my goodness, we couldn't get any joy. I mean, to, to set the scene a little bit, I think with the full Holden Hanamura and going into Dorado, the, the glads looked done, like yeah. just mentally, like every, everything was done. I mean, in theory, they had more maps to play. So I want to give them credit because they, they, you know, actually fought back tooth and nail to win a map five. But I mean, the the Titans choked this one out, and I it's really weird because it was Dorado, but mm. it was really reminiscent of another Dorado map that I remember we played last year. And you you know we're we're winding back the clock. It's the first map of 2019, and we're playing Shanghai map four. Mm. We're up 3-0, Dorado again, and that's when we pull out the weird janky comps. We're messing yeah. around, we're pissing around, but somehow last year we made it work. This year yeah. we did not make it work. I mean. I hate to do this, and I, I'm going to go and, and compare us pl- plebeians playing this game on ladder to Vancouver Titans. But everyone had that one game where you roll so mm-hmm. quickly that that happens to be your downfall. You become so complacent and, and confident in the fact that you'll win that you end up losing. And I think that's what kind of happened. We went with that weird uh, Sombra Ball Diva dive comp, and, and Haxel... Uh, was on the Genji to begin with, and and then uh, he had to adjust and switch to the Do- Doomfist to match Bird Ring, and I think they kind of like lost themselves in that confidence of having that huge of a time bank, and that's kind of what ended up costing them the match. And then the two clunked out uh, alts at the end. Yeah. We do have and, to mention that. 
Oh my goodness! Yeah, when they flew to the to the freaking moon, uh, I think uh, the Reaper was booped up, and and yeah. Axel couldn't land a, a freaking Doomfist alt. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally a ladder match that was. And I think ladder. also uh, that was the map where OG came back, so maybe he was like calming really hard and trying to uh, put the team on his back. Yeah, and so it worked. I mean, the glad the glads did a good job. Yeah, yeah, but but the Titans also threw a little bit. So true. Let's talk a little bit about the the final map, the one that was a much closer 2-0 than the act, the score were to suggest. So on Lijang Tower, there were multiple times where I felt the Vancouver Titans were going to lose a team fight mm. and arguably, you know, lose not necessarily lose the map, but make it a lot closer than it ended up being. Um, like there was that one point on uh, on Garden. Uh, where I think it was Fisher was like absolute yet somehow pulls it out, gets right. a pin. Right. Um, it, it was just unreal how the Vancouver Titans were able to go to the brink and yet come out with success. And maybe that is something we shouldn't be too shocked about considering how well, you know, they were able to go and, and do that last season. It was, you know, they thrived on chaos. I just don't have the same confidence this year to suggest that you can see a Fisher go absolute and then come out on, on the positive side. <laughs> yeah. I, I, this map. Okay. We spoke about stitch, right? We, we talked about, um, Haxal, Ryu Jehong. And I guess it goes without saying to mention that twilight and, and slime pl played really, really well in Fisher. I think this is the point to mention how great Samin Su looked on the Reaper. A lot of the fights we had that were really close to, or, or the ones that it looked like we were losing on Li Zhang, Samin Su kind of saved. And I think that's really cool because while he was good uh, last season on, on Reaper, he never was, you know, he never had those high IQ moments. And he had a bunch of them uh, playing on Reaper this time around. And I just want to commend him on that. He always kind of snuck in properly. No longer did he shift into the uh, opposing team before, like, to begin a fight. He was really, really uh, playing well out there. And I was really, really proud. You must have been reading my notes because I had it on my my list to talk about yeah, the Soul to appreciation thread. I'm looking I, I, at your notes right now. Yeah, like we, we very rarely, like, talk <laughs> about this guy other than when he was popping off on Zarya. But he is, like, the ultimate glue guy. I wouldn't put him up there as, as one of those kind of carry carry type characters, except maybe when he's on Azaria, but yeah. he's just so reliable. He'll sit on the bench. He'll come out. Like I found myself just, you know, like this is what championship teams need is it's not always going to be everybody popping off, but just that reliability and his ability to just come off the bench anytime and go back and sit on the bench. And you never hear a peep out of him. Like there's, there's no any rumors of, of like, Oh, like he should be starting or anything like that. He just comes in, comes out, does his thing. And then, I mean, just fast forward to the Valiant game. He has a good gif of him saying like, you know, let's go shake your hands and go eat. Um, kind of go, right. It's just, it just carries a very kind of like business-like approach to things. And, and it's like, I call him text because of the whole SMS thing. And I don't think anybody else in the world does, but like, let, like, let's give him some love. Like we, we do not talk about Soman Sue enough. Uh, it's not Soman Sue. We got that pronunciation thing again. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, we've been told that we've been pronouncing Summonsu incorrectly. That it should be more like Summonsu. So, like su, not not Summonsu. so. I'm just going to call him text. 
Yeah, text works. Actually, I'm going to call him text too. I think that's easy. I can pronounce that word, text. <laughs> A lot um, of the people they, they call him Minsu. We could do that too. Uh, <laughs> We're not on Minsu terms yet. We'll not get yet. there. We got a basketball game coming up soon. <laughs> True. So the Vancouver Titans notched that first win on Saturday against the the Gladiators. Uh, it should be noted that uh, the panel had the Vancouver Titans winning, unless your name was Custa, who seemed oh, to think man. the Glads were going to pull that out. So I think it's about time we start talking a little bit about the Sunday matchup against uh, the Los mm-hmm. Angeles Valiant. Because again, the uh, panel save for Custa had the Titans winning. Custa felt the Valiant were going to pull this out. In fact, he was banking his scrim bucks on it. He was buying them stocks. Well, that was, was not uh, the case. At least it was openly biased about them. And I well, respect that. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about this uh, in the fray. But they're... I have some struggle with, with his logic. It's yeah. Uh, considering if it was just a Valiant fine, but the Glads too, now I'm a little bit to intrigued. But the Los, Los Angeles Valiant lost to the Vancouver Titans 3 uh, 0. The Titans 2 0 are a Lee Jang Tower. Uh, we saw some craziness on Blizzard World. The Vancouver Titans won 5 4. And then we saw some stellar play on Anubis where the Titans won 3 2. At no point in time, Maybe say for a moment on Blizzard World, was I worried about this one? Yeah. Likewise. Uh, Scrimbucks, right? Valiant are not as bad as everyone everyone predicted, it, it, including us. We ranked them 19th. I'm, I'll be the first to mention the fact that I ranked them even 20th. Oh, I was going to mention that for you. Yeah, so here I am. Just, <laughs> you see, I'm still reading your notes, so... They were good, though. Uh, McGravy, especially, and KSP, these players were nuts. They were um, fresh off the win against Dallas the day before. Um, but right now, Rain, I think, feels kind of the weakest link. Uh, I'll talk about it again. But for the Titans, uh, first map, we came back from that 0-99 to deficit on Lee Jung. Uh, Fisher played really well there. Moira, uh, Twilight on the Moira kind of etched out that win and blizzard world like you said what a roller coaster man the dive comp comes out again fisher is on monkey i don't know what happened there but we basically erased their mccree just jumping on the entire team maybe there was a um a nay that hit them not really sure so everybody is hyped up we got a somber stitch everything is rolling we're comfy we're emoting on the freaking uh payloads path after genji i think a god like Haxel got a 4k blade or 3k Everyone was happy. Jake is on on the call saying, "Oh wow, we got we got all the way in three minutes. That's uh, unheard of for Blizzard World, and it, and it is kind of unheard of. It's really Jinx good pace." But then, yeah, the the, <laughs> the caster's curse happened, and they got the point, the third point, even quicker than us. Well, so the thing about Blizzard World, where I think the earlier point that we raised about their baby being the hive mind, not as hivey. Mm-hmm. The Vancouver Titans were looking to reset on on the point A uh, attack of the Valiant. And Fisher, who was still alive, was at the, the door. And you could tell he was sort of back and forth. Like, are we challenging this? Mm. Are we not? Mm. And the, the amount of time that that sort of hesitation allowed, the Valiant were able to Maywall, lock him out, and, and drop him. They capped the point during this death or had just done so previously. So now you have an entire Titans roster running up towards the point and a tank in Fisher coming from way back. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
started to create some significant uh, sync issues um, when it came to uh, what the Titans were able to do to defend. Really, they struggled until near the the end when they were able to stall enough. But by then, you know, the Valiant had such a such a head start that it was like, oh my goodness. So which one of you had the Vancouver Titans able to walk that one back and actually, you know, almost force the issue again? I mean, they took their time bank and they pushed it. If it wasn't for the fact that the Valiant were able to get off a blizzard that took out a, uh, a Haxal uh, Genji blade. Yeah, that was uh, quite I think sad. The, I think the Titans quite easily, you know, get it through. Uh, if not, to, you know, halfway to the, mm-hmm. the final point to the final point. So when the Valiant roll back uh, on their attack phase, I mean, they tried to to accomplish the same impact that they had, but the Titans were by far ready for it. Um, mm-hmm. And the communication was there. Like whatever the, the problem was, it got solved because they stood strong. The Valiant yeah. had to invest everything, all their time, just to get that first cap. And that, that was it. They just didn't have anything left in the can to push it to the second point. <laughs> and before we move on from this map, if you ever wanted to see like the definition of a Pepega play, that point where Stitch was uh, going from the side and shooting at the team, and I think Rain goes to 1v1 against Stitch, and Stitch was far far away from the team, so I guess he still has his flashbang. So you see Stitch's POV, and this Lucio is coming towards him, like riding uh, the walls and being all aggressive. Like and Stitch just poof shoots that <laughs> flashbang energy for season, and you know, they just shoots twice in his head, and it was very sad to see. But I was happy to see that too, and that's a real a, a real papega moment for for the valiant yeah i'd say the valiant had had spurts where it felt like they did well i think it's, it's something to to look f- forward to to for other maps in terms of how yeah. they tried to focus genji and focus the blade and i mean they you know they were more successful than anybody else that weekend i guess yeah. small sample size but right but in in you know the the may freeze or whatnot um and that's something to look for when you have even more powerful teams and they're going to try and do that will it be more successful um mm-hmm. do the titans have a counter that's just something to kind of put a pin on yeah especially going forward and like, i'm thinking the communication issues will be much better because i think they have like the two korean uh supports right and mm-hmm. the english-speaking core so maybe that'll be better in the future so i i guess they're out level <laughs> uh yeah the one, okay, I mean, we haven't really sort of got to the the end here. KSF, KSP, I think they have a bright future now. Very clear. Definitely. But it feels to me, and I get it's very early in the season, but it feels to me that the uh, the Los Angeles Valiant are a team of individual players. Mm, they have a few bright spots, yeah. Well, and, and that's you know, it's not to suggest that there 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 isn't the ability for their own team, but there is a future there. I mean, you you look at. Uh, these when I say individual players, they haven't developed the team part. That concept doesn't yeah. really work well. They weren't able to go and do much more to snowball outside of catching the Vancouver Titans on the back foot, do what uh, what I suggest yeah. is a communication issue. They took advantage of that, but they weren't able to manufacture momentum on their own. They needed almost the Vancouver Titans to trip to mm-hmm. be able to, to take that. And I think that is a good transition because when we go into Anubis, 
the Vancouver Titans, in my mind, were were never really in doubt. And there was that one point on on uh, on point B that the Vancouver Titans banned hard. <laughs> but I, you know, you always knew that. Well, if they get another opportunity, they're going to run with it. And boy, yeah. did they ever! Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Anubis min, means we're going to see Genji. Uh, and for me, it was really a matter of time, not a matter of if, like it's more, more when we finish this map. Mm-hmm. But the, yeah. the ending, I can't, I can't even remember if it was the first time or the second time that was hilarious when it just felt like you could feel like if you're a Valiant supporter and they, and they shut down the, the blade, um, there was that one moment that when, you know, you could almost yeah, yeah, yeah. hear them celebrating. And then <laughs> again, we're talking about text, right? He's like. Oh crap! I gotta go. I, I guess I should do something instead of just watch. So he goes and alts and kills the whole team, and yeah. then we're like, "Oh yeah, they have two DBS because of roll lock." And that's like the big difference between a, a, a top team, a top heavy team, and like a, just a team. When you just have to put so so many resources to shut down one guy, you have like three other guys who are top tier and can carry a fight, regardless of whether it's a DPS or a tank. And a team like the Valiant, who we predict. To, to do better than what everybody says, they still, I don't think, will will crack that top echelon of teams just because of that lack of depth, maybe, and talent. I will okay. say that they they're my they're my Shanghai Dragons of this year. I think I'm ready. Mm, yeah. Even maybe even we, though you had them ranked as low as you did, you've it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, I just want to call to attention KSB starting on a uh, soldier. Yeah. True. First time we saw him, I think. We saw every hero outside of in DPS, like um, Torb, Torb and Ash. We yep. didn't see Torb, right? Yeah. The only way Torb makes it in is if yeah. Meta Chew place. Yeah, like I mean, even <laughs> Meta can't shift into it. But I'm curious about the soldier pick. Like, if you're truly going to go and throw soldier that far with distance, like, what is it that you're you're looking to get out of it? Were they expecting the Titans to 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 actually, you know, dive on a widow or or what have you? Like, to me, like, why not? If you're going to go soldier and you don't want to go widow or you don't want to go uh, Hanzo, why not go Ash? Don't know. Maybe they expected a, a far mercy a far or something mercy, like that. Yeah, I was going to say that some teams do pull off our mercy and Anubis, but like knowing what we know about the Titans, you, you knew that Genji well, no. was out. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyhow, the Vancouver Titans did get that throw in, which means they have started off Owl Season 2020 undefeated yeah. with two wins, no losses. So, they're going to take that momentum. They're going to take that momentum and they're going to run with it. When we see them play next, the week of March seventh. Wow, wow! So, if for some reason you're you did not know the Vancouver Titans matches uh, that we had had after this have been canceled due to uh, the uh, coronavirus, uh, and the schedule doesn't have the Vancouver Titans play until March seventh, uh, unless something changes. It is possible that something might be in the works. They might reschedule. We don't know. We talked a little bit about it in the last episode. Um, all that we know right now is the Vancouver Titans are in Korea. Um, they We knew that in advance. Alfred had mentioned as much that they were going to be traveling back to Korea after the Dallas homestand. And that was to get in prepare, preparation for the matches in China. Mm-hmm. It's not happening. Uh, we also know that March 7th is when hero pools come into effect. So 
conceivably the Vancouver Titans now have as much time as they need to prep for that. However, if Uncle Jeff had outlined it correctly, we won't know what the hero pool is for March 7th until March 1. Mm. So, To just comment on that, I think the Titans were surprisingly, at least after the two uh, very, very small sample size, I think we were one of the more flexible teams that weren't afraid to try out different things. We saw a lot of positives uh, in that department. We saw uh, how... Um, Baptiste was played a lot by, I think it was um, Twilight that played Baptiste. We saw a lot of variety in terms of heroes. We saw um, a bit of hit scan. We saw um, Haxal flexing a lot. Uh, Fisher obviously can play almost any type of hero outside of Janna that played just just Diva. I think we're good on on flexing a bit. Yeah, and I mean the the highest pay, played DPS by far was May and. I'm I'm okay with a little less me. I'm, I'm kind <laughs> of it's not, it's not my thing, and and yeah. I don't particularly like Haxel on May to be honest. Yeah. Um, he he's a good mate. It's just I feel like there's other players that he plays better with higher kind of impact sure. and momentum changing, and and if there and in fact May's one of the the Genji counters that we saw, so mm-hmm. it, it actually works to our advantage if if we lose a May for a week, um, so. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a buff for the Titans, definitely. The uh, other thing to talk about just before we get into the phrase, the Vancouver Titans did host a, a watch party. It was the first watch party of the season. And uh, I happened to be there. Uh, myself and Michael showed up from uh, RSP. Um, Bloody Polar Bear and, and Schmidtstorm also joined us at the table. The event itself was relatively low-key. I and mean, if you went to a watch party last season, there was trivia and prizing and, and things of that sort. Uh, they had an MC. Uh, this event, not so much. They had set up uh, uh, just a few tables for merch. In fact, actually, maybe they didn't have merch. I'm actually thinking there was no merch available. But regardless, it was it was essentially people enjoying watching a, a Overwatch League uh, event. And when it was done, it was done. Everyone went home. Now, that might have also been the fact that the Vancouver Titans uh, were having a watch party in a venue that also needed to get ready and set up for a Vancouver Canucks game because the moment Titans fans were leaving, Canucks fans were coming in. So you saw a blend of both worlds. Hmm. Anyway, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, they advance watch parties moving forward. Um, if there is one thing, though, I have some confidence in, especially with what we're seeing start at the start of the season, uh, is they are going to be far more engaged with us as a community. And I, when I say us, it's the global force of nature, not just RSP. And if there is feedback to be provided, they'll definitely look to act on it. The next game I checked is, uh, or the next game for now is checked is at 10 p.m. So, Yeah, I doubt there will be a watch party for that, unless we're all coming over to Sam's house. Mm. <laughs> Depends so, if you want to go to Eastern Canada. So we'll take a quick break uh, before diving into the fray. Back into the fray. 
Reviewing the results uh, from our uh, matches that uh, we have yet to talk about uh, last week, uh, I'll quickly go through the results. So the Toronto Defiant beat the Paris Eternal 3-1. The New York Excelsior beat the London Spitfire 3-1. As we already know, the Vancouver Titans beat the LA Gladiators 3-2, and the LA Valiant beat the Dallas Fuel 3-1. On Sunday, we had a whole lot of threes and only one one. The Paris Eternal uh, swept the London Spitfire 3-0. The New York Excelsior swept the Boston Uprising 3-0. Your Vancouver Titans swept the LA Valiant 3-0. And the San Francisco Shock could not get the job done <laughs> beating the Dallas Fuel 3-1. Uh, I man. like, you know, if, if there was anyone out there that missed that match, like, oh my God, the Shock lost. No, one map. Yeah. It we'll was, get there. It could have been two, but we'll get was, there. It was good. <laughs> so, I mean, just to go back and, and, and talk about what we had as sort of the matches for the weekend, uh, on on the Saturday, Ani and I had said, watch the Define Eternal match. Sam, you said, watch the Excelsior Spitfire match. Um, I got I, sucked into that Define Eternal match because of you guys, by the way. And I was, was not think, happy. It was What'd good. You, think? you didn't like it? I did not like it. Well, well uh, to be fair, the first of all, the Defiant were much better than I gave them credit for, so kudos. I did not really like watching the Eternal. Okay, so... So I, I actually, I can, I can sort of accept that. I thought you were going to just say overall the match was bad. Like I actually thought the Toronto Defiant did really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was impressed with how they were able to adapt and, and, and. Yep. You know, I have to give props when it's due. You know, sure for, uh, he, he, he did what he needed to be done. I mean, ultimately I, I enjoyed that. Um, Paris Eternal didn't look so good, but then we also sort of conceded the Paris Eternal are in a weird spot right now, considering they're they're running a roster that might not actually be their roster due to underage. Yeah, but the one player that they did get to play, XZ, who he's good. He's really really good. Um, they had this weird composition going forward where they played two main tanks all the time. Something with Smex not being like, yeah, I think he has uh, vis- visa issues. So they rolled with No Smite and Ben Best on all of their maps. And it was an interesting clash of styles. And FD God was pretty amazing. People were saying, mm-hmm. oh, they just signed him because he's a f- from France. But <laughs> he is he's a, a bonafide a uh, Reddit Lucio. Yeah. And it was quite It's just so weird because they had two main tanks and no shields, it felt like. <laughs> uh, in a way, in a way. I mean, the shields did pop up in their like later game. But XZ going up against Logix at one point, And then uh, Surefor was trying to, to met, uh, pair up with him. Uh, the match was good. I think that was the first time we ever saw in Overwatch League 12 different heroes played. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was rather exciting. And plus, it was the first uh, pro Overwatch game in years. So I was pumped as heck. <laughs> to put to put XZ's performance into perspective, after this weekend, uh, XZ has the highest final blows per 10 minutes at 10.9. He's second to Janu in Elims per 10 minutes at 21.4. He's got the highest hero damage per 10 minutes at uh, 9.7k, so 9,713 if we were to be very precise. Uh, he doesn't have any healing on the board. Funny <laughs> that. And then solo kills, he is yeah. tied at, uh, second uh, with KSP Nene at 1.4 uh, per 10 minutes. Should have played Soldier and then have some healing there. <laughs> okay, uh, oh, I, oh, actually, you know what? I stand corrected. XE had 39.1 healing per 10 minutes. Huh. So he was on the board, 
Yeah. Like he, his name has a number next to it. Um, he had more healing than Janu did. What the heck did Janu play that he got healing? Like, how does a diva heal? I think it counts like uh, collected health packs, probably. Anyways, can you imagine the fact that he might not even be their best DPS? <laughs> the moment Sparkle comes on. Which, you know, I think it was in uh, Slime's uh, uh, Twitch stream today. He actually suggested Sparkle was his thought for, for Rookie of the Year. Yeah. And this sure this, this is so. someone who hasn't even played yet. Yeah, and we didn't really talk about the general meta when we discussed the Titans games, but it feels like DPS certainly uh, certainly compared to GOATs have more impact. But even if we're looking at Stage 4 last season or stage the last parts of Stage 3, uh, definitely DPS get to shine a bit more, and I was looking forward for that. And it's definitely entertaining. The uh, Sunday match that... Uh... Sam wanted to watch was the Paris Eternal and London Spitfire. So I bet you were really impressed by that. I missed that. But like before we do that, the the game that I did pick, the Spitfire versus NYXL, was actually rather entertaining. Really? Here it derails us our discussion mm-hmm. again. I, see, uh, I, see, I didn't actually find that one that entertaining. I f- like and it had more to do with London. Maybe the feeling you had about yeah. the Eternal is the, the feeling that I had about the Spitfire. That, that might be real. NYXL were good. I think they are the only team outside of the Titans that kind of committed to dive in some maps. Uh, Sabi Olbion Tracer, what can you say? It's stunning. It's really amazing. And, and that one point where... Um, was it against the Spitfire where someone someone tried to do a dual Jonak? Man, jo- uh, yes, Jonah got got much better on the Ana. It's quite scary. That player is uh, is really nutty. Yes, it was. Uh, uh, I can't remember who on the the Spitfire, but I mean they they give him a run for their money. Maybe Sanguinar. Uh, yeah, Sanguinar. Yeah, I think yeah. it was on the Lucia, right? And he just kind of got popped. Yeah. Um, I think it was like a little bit of a stall tactic, though. But I mean, overall, like London, like. I'd say all the teams that we crammed on the bottom, because let's be, let's face it. Somebody has to be on the bottom. Like they all did better than we expected. And I think that has more to do with, I think overall the league has gotten better. So they might Mm -hmm. still be at the bottom when all someone needs to be there. Right. But The games are competitive. Yeah. 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 So it's not like, I think in both in the first season and the second season, there were just certain maps and certain metas where, where you, (laughs) like you didn't have to watch is going to be a four Oh, yeah, outside of Boston, uh, every other <laughs> team kind of showed up. Now getting on to, to Sunday. <laughs> so Paris Eternal London Spitfire. Um, I had that on. I was you know, My wife and I were cleaning our house, and yeah. uh, I had absolutely no interest in watching it. Like the other matches, I sort of caught myself like, uh, oh, this you know, sounds interesting. Like the New York-Boston match, even though it was 3-0, the crowd was so into it. And then... Who was it? Was it Swimmer or someone like totally, you know, played heel, um, like doing a little uh, a tactical crouching crowd starts booing. So he starts waving his hands. Yeah. Like I love that, that. That, you know, that got me, got me interested is sort of that type of experience, which is why <laughs> when we go to the match that Omni and I correctly picked as an exciting one, the San Francisco shock and the Dallas fuel, the Dallas fans were behind the fuel Non-stop. And any time it looked like the shock were going to break, those fans were just 
given her. Unfortunately, the fuel had tr- trouble accepting that as energy that they could actually use. Sure, they got one map off of the shock. But, oh, that, that Oasis map. Oh, my goodness. They should have had that one. How? How did it happen? That was like the closest clutch play I've ever seen in Overwatch League. Mm-hmm. That nano that went to striker from... Oh, can we talk a little bit about Architect suddenly going crazy god flex Anna <laughs> main? I mean, being a good Anna means you have to shoot things well, right? Yeah, but still, he was nuts. I, I saw a stat that he had like uh, nine point something sleeps per 10 minutes. Yeah, like, I, I don't know what to say. I think this is, I think if we take it in a vacuum, the shock versus fuel match was one of those cases in rare, if I'm being honest, where I didn't care. Like, I have no dog in this fight. And I just had it on the background mm-hmm. like like you did for the other game. And it actually pulled me in. Um, it, it was that interesting. It was, and part of it was definitely the home crowd. And part of it was kind of Dallas kind of giving it every kind of inch they got and you could tell, but, but it felt like the, the shock were like Torb. They just, you know, powered up and then, and then the match was over yeah. and, and you could see like a couple moments in that match where it was else is like that. And like the shocker, what I came up with is the shocker. Very, very scary. The fact that architect just flexed over and, and mm-hmm. looked like an like he'd been playing Anna for years when they were given twenty four hour notice that you know oh yeah here you go, um, striker looking much improved and he was already hella good. Um, I'm trying not to use explicitives at either, but <laughs> <laughs> but like it it was scary and we we didn't mention like Sinatra like we didn't have to like they didn't they didn't yeah. need to be great they just were around. The super play was really nice when he like, killed. Four people on Havana was also pretty impressive. Nuts, yeah. So right now, like, like the Titans were good this weekend. The NIXL were good, but like, shock, man. The shock looked good, and still, like, it was against Dallas, who just lost to, you know, the Valiant the day before. I'm, um, I think shock are. I, I don't know, a small sample size, size. Maybe I'm uh maybe it's just wishful thinking. I think they're less scary than the year prior. I'm well, not sure. But I think that has more to do with what we expect to happen with yeah. whirlpools. True. Like the shock when I say the shock look good, I mean they are still in my mind the best the, the best in like the clear number yeah. one. I mean you can argue that NYXL look real strong, sure, but the shock are at the top of the the mm. tower right now, and to be the best, you got to beat the best. I don't see anyone who is going to beat the best yet. Yeah, Agreed. Agreed. yeah, and I, I'd just say that the shocker way better at have a way better chance of defending this championship than the Spitfire did a year ago. Hmm. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about this upcoming weekend. So the Vancouver Titans aren't in action, so we're just going to go through the. Uh, <laughs> Really, the four matches that exist, because unfortunately, due to cancellations, there's a whole lot of Overwatch taking place. You've got uh, an event in Philadelphia where the Florida Mayhem kick off the weekend by taking on the Houston Outlaws. The Washington Justice will be playing the Fusion. On the Sunday, they do a swap, and that's the Justice taking on the Outlaws and the Mayhem taking on the Fusion. Omni, Sam, and I actually agreed that you need to watch the Florida Mayhem Houston Outlaws match on Saturday, but we then disagree because Sam is going to take Sunday off. He's going to tell you just <laughs> to watch matches on Saturday, and then 
I'm going to gather that Omni and I have a team in a fight that we want to watch. I want to watch uh, the Outlaws. Omni wants to watch the Mayhem. Right, because we didn't see them. Like, if we saw like just the <laughs> match of of the day, sort of thing. And it's there's weird symmetry in these two days. So we essentially get to see uh, the teams on both sides kind of flipped around. Unfortunately, the 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 matchup that I was really looking forward to, if I could like flip it around, I would want to see the Fusion take on the Outlaws, which we don't get, but maybe mm. somewhere down the road. I think. But- I- the reason that I went all Saturday and just take Sunday off, I just checked the weather. It's raining anyway, so there's not much going on. <laughs> um, but on, on Saturday, I, th- I think it's it's a tale of two categories. In the Mayhem and Outlaws games, you have both teams that we kind of universally agreed have improved since last year. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're trying to go from bad to like okay to maybe good. And, mm-hmm. and that's kind of interesting to me. The Justice with... And and I think you can't really talk about justice without talking about Corey. Um, are are trying to be in that good gear tier, trying to get to great. So are the fusion. And so so really, to me, this is kind of like a very early matchup on like okay, well, we talked about hyping all these different teams up. Like I remember there was like a redditor who was like trying to explain to us how great Gargoyle is. Sure, <laughs> um, now's the time to prove it. You know, this is someone that you should you know if you are as good as you think you are should be able to beat. These are very beatable teams. I think you can argue for any one of yeah. those four matches, right? Like if you're just as you should think you can beat the fusion and, and vice versa. Um, so that's why I went all Saturday, whereas Sunday, it's a little bit different kind of mixed tiers. But again, we're splitting hairs because we're talking about is it, four teams. Is it Gargoyle or Karyon who is like the, the, the hog god? Uh, I, I guess we'll sure. find out. Anyways... <laughs> Hog is also uh, another hero that nobody really played yet. Uh, I think Sigma was played once by Ben Best in that um, Paris match against Spitfire. But other than that, like Hog wasn't played at all. If, if mm-hmm. only there was a tool that we could use to determine what heroes were played. Oh, mm. there is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Yeah, it's, we'll talk about Stats Lab in greater detail, but... Uh, uh, so to give some thought as to why I chose Houston, it has m- more to do with uh, Houston is, is, is an enigma to me. I'm not entirely sure what to expect. I know I rated them well, but this is sort of a collection of players under re-imaged Houston yeah. outlaws. And I'm I'm really wanting to to determine are they a team that is going from middle of the road to top tier or are they going middle of the road to bottom tier? Plus, there's the Titans connection there with Harsha and Rappel. Harsha, Rappel, uh, Hureg. Hureg. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there. I won't lie. There is some interest in in seeing how Rappel does. Yeah. Uh, that's really the only person that we can say. Oh, I could totally see tangible results from. But it's more out of, out of those matches. That's where I have some some interest. I, I kind of want to see the man play just because I like the colors of their jersey. <laughs> but when I looked at this weekend, the first word out of my mouth was "ouch," <laughs> and that had nothing to do with the fact that the fifteenth is my birthday, and I plan on watching very little Overwatch League. Harsh is a birthday present for you. Yeah. A quick 3-0. Which way will it go? We won't know. Anywho, 
Enough of the weekend. Let's talk a little bit about the fact that there, uh, one, was a meta. We actually saw the the reemergence of Dive in, in many situations. We also saw Reinhardt, my beloved Reinhardt, find his way into, into play uh, quite a bit, quite a bit more than I'd expected. I know there was worry that people thought it would be like a, a Ryan Arissa or a Sigma Arissa. As we sort of saw the end last year, that was not the case. Uh, it was Ryan Diva. And I think that plays very well into what we know the Vancouver Titans' strengths happen to be. Uh, but to see Dive with the Titans, oh, Fisher's Monkey is good. I mean, yeah. We didn't have a, a good Bumper Monkey. And I know I, I took heat by saying that Bumper's Monkey wasn't that good. But it, it, if it was good, it was good out of luck. <laughs> Titans definitely look more intimidating with now now i see <laughs> now i see the light like if fisher keeps it up and he like he's said it himself if he doesn't leave the team it might yeah be as for the meta you're correct like ryan is a big staple of the meta i think outside of ryan and um may that were a must like must picks we saw a lot of different picks uh, across the board. Different teams played different styles. I'm f- all for it. It might be just the early stage uh, scenario, but it might be also like the, a regional thing. Every every region had their own scrims. So I, I'm a big fan. You you all know how I stand on on Miracoms. I, I hate them, <laughs> and uh, I was happy to see a lot of uh, players actually get to display uh their prowess on dps on tank on healers because that's what i'm here for this is all for uh you know entertainment value it's not about like surgical countdowns and set plays which uh it seems like never really existed with a lot of these teams have you seen some of dogman's comments on his stream he says that a lot of coaches in overwatch league don't really do anything and i'm kind of not surprised (laughs) dogman's a little bit extreme but yeah <laughs> that's but, why i like him <laughs> like are you just saying this because the titans can only play dive me i'm just i I'm just, just i'm just kidding i'm, just, I'm in before all the all okay. the critics come and say that titans I are just, only a dive team uh, true they're only a goats team they they they're never flex and, team can't flex <laughs> can't even uh get to owl level no it's it's quite uh, fanboy triggering to be quite honest but mm-hmm. it's definitely an improvement. I mean, our next topic we're going to talk about, uh, it's probably the downside of this uh, beginning for Overwatch season, Overwatch League season three. But but when we talk just about the game, just about the heroes played, the level of play, it looks good. Especially when you consider it's the first weekend. Like, I, I'm looking forward to the next matches. So, okay, I'm going to use that as a segue. The, what we saw... You have to. <laughs> what we saw was really good gameplay. We saw uh, an embrace of the meta. We saw this 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 sort of elevation of teams. You know, mm-hmm. as Sam and Ani, you had suggested it took place. Rookies that play really well too. Yeah, mm-hmm. when we were able to see it. So there were growing <laughs> pains this weekend uh, with the transition to YouTube. Crunch time. Um, <laughs> like you know, let's throw a cheese it logo up on the screen because it's crunch uh, time. Play about a uh, thirty seconds or so of the match. You can hear the audio and just. Picture, oh, picture it in, in in your mind. Um, you had the lost minute on King's Row for the Vancouver Titans. I mean, it. I get that there are growing pains, but like, how many seasons of growing pains do you have to have before you get things right? Um, you had a panel based out of LA. I completely understand 
the analyst desk in LA, the central location, you have your casters on site, and then you have the one of the casters doing sort of the interviews. Um, but there are a lot of sort of what one might suggest nitpicky things like the lighting in New York, mm. not so good. Mm. Like the, you had like what looked like to be bright white lights on your casters that darkened everyone else behind. Um, you had what really came across as almost in, in my estimation, the type of production you'd expect from us at RSP, <laughs> not a, you know, million dollar operation that you know, we know our league is that's about our same as our budget though right you know, <laughs> oh yeah totally uh, you know there were there were these things that just like wow and that that's just the platform now okay you know what fine they'll figure these things out they'll get it straight but there was so much downtime and then if there wasn't downtime and it wasn't match and it wasn't analysis it was ads for apps that I have absolutely no interest <laughs> in downloading. Mobile game that was constantly being advertised. <laughs> Man, you know what? I, I don't want to use the B word, but it feels to me like there was this uh, meeting at Blizzard Activision where there's one guy in a suit, a marketing lead. He's like, well, um, Overwatch League is a video game. And probably these, uh, these uh, fans, they have phones. Probably the same guy that that uh, was behind uh, Diablo uh, Immortals or whatever you call it. He's like, they got phones. Let's show them some, uh, you know, video games on the phone. Brilliant! And everybody was clapping in, in the vertical room. view. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for the Call of Duty um, League, oh, that I get. But they, and they didn't have enough ads. I, I can't believe no. I'm saying. It, but well, we we're constantly playing the same thing. Well, the, so the thing about last year. You had you had a Toyota ad. You had right. you know, like you had all their different you know mainline sponsors. This year, freaking game! I don't even remember the name of the game. <laughs> well, there was, one of them was Knighthood because I was like, I think I'm going to spin up a Knighthood podcast. Like, uh, oh, I, you know, it, it will get better. I hope. I I don't. I mean, I don't mind growing pains and problems. What what I hate though. Is deterioration of quality, and and I feel okay. like last season was better, and well, that's what hurts me the most. And you know what it felt like? Not even like the ads or or the downtime, even like map counts. A lot of times you'd see like missing scores, typos, maps that weren't really properly colored by the team that won. To me, it felt and kind of like a cartoony vision that I have. I imagine this one guy running in a room and trying to do like. 20 different things because mm-hmm. right now it used to be it used to be a team of 10 people and now it feels like there's just one guy or two guys running around or bumping into each other and oh oh crap we gotta we gotta put up the score now oh we gotta show like a stat now that's kind of what it felt like to me and yep. to to finish it all off i was really looking forward for the higher higher bit rate and the better quality of video on YouTube. Oof. And we were all disappointed. It was a grainy mess. I, I'm not sure what's going on there. Maybe it's a software issue. Maybe it's a compression issue. But man, when I went back to Twitch after that, and I watched the stream, I think it was just, just an Emong stream. You know, this is a, a, one guy streaming <laughs> outside of his uh, bedroom. The quality was like leaps and bounds better. Colors were on point. Uh, I mean, you didn't uh, think your vision was going bad? Like the the, the <laughs> cool, you know, uh, the stream was much smoother. Maybe it's not even a Call of Duty. When I, when I watched Call of Duty League, I thought, what? Why the hell is this game so gray and brown? Maybe maybe it's a a YouTube thing, and and they should really figure it out. Like I mean, Google and Activision Blizzard, 
all, all the money in the world and you cannot stream properly. It, it's unfortunate. I hope they, they improve the quality because uh, when I watched on my TV, it was uh, kind of bothering me all the time. Yeah. Like, I think we're going to come back to this time and time again. Uh, last, no, not last episode, maybe a couple episodes ago, I kind of critiqued Blizzard as being last minute and a little bit arrogant. Um, and this just doubles down on that, right? Like, and the other criticism that wasn't from us was that they were cheapening out. And that was a lot to do with, you know, them, them playing hardball with the casters and stuff like that. And now right. it kind of leads me to wonder, did they do the same with the production crew? The crew might be the same, but now they're splitting their tasks between one different locations at one time, two new platform that they got a week to work on. Three, they're not only just doing Owl, they're also doing Call of Duty at the same time. And, you know, my money's on. It's the same production crew that's do- running both leagues. Um, why wouldn't they? And they, they, they're out of bandwidth. I know it's a little bit ironic with that quote. I didn't mean to do the pun. But, but it's just, it just everything but screams like they tried to do too much, overpromised, and now are under-delivering because they haven't thought things out well. Um, and that's not a criticism of any kind of individual person. I bet like the, the person that was with the cheese, it ads was freaking out, trying to figure out what was going on. It can't be that hard to flip a switch, but, but here we are in, in kind of chaos and there's nobody else to help them. Man. Can you imagine if it, if it weren't cheese, it, if it was like, like uh T-Mobile or some like Comcast <laughs> or, or a company that people hate. Yeah. Yeah. They would have gone nuts. I- other than that, we, we just got a meme, right? And now the entire <laughs> YouTube chat is always... I mean, Cheez-Its must love it, right? Like, we're talking about Cheez-Its for free, and we haven't eaten yeah. a single Cheez-It. The entire, like, Overwatch Reddit, Overwatch League Reddit is just full of Cheez-It stuff. It's incredible. I It paid off for them, I'm sure. Yeah. So the other thing that we got to be introduced to was talent. So let's talk about the analyst desk. Zoe, I actually thought was fine. I, I had no problem with Zoe. Uh, I felt the fill in the blank wolf and Achilles did well. <laughs> I had no real issues with reinforce. Here we go. But oh my goodness. Like Custa's trying to go full no eyebrow sideshow here. <sighs> I, I, I have to agree with you there, unfortunately. Like. I, I get it. I get his uh his his little thing that he's doing, and and it's it's fine, but it, it it's tiresome. And I was kind of worried about it being the case even uh, before when he was on Plat Chat, and he was kind of like uh out screaming people, not even in like decibels, but plainly just pushing his agenda all the time. So hopefully it'll it'll get better. Maybe. He, like uh, listens to some um, comments or reviews. And it was kind of weird at some points. I think it's just part of the brand he's trying to build though. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What dumb. (laughs) (laughs) He he was deemed too smart before. This is true. Like, well, okay. This is is the thing. If he is, if he is that smart, why don't we see that? I would much prefer to see him being too smart on the desk than not being smart at all. I mean, it's kind of the equivalent. I'm not sure what the video equivalent of, of clickbait is, but I guess that's what he's going for. For sure. Uh, And I mean, I mean like, like for, for sports listeners, like who are the two kind of like biggest faces in sports? And I'm not talking just basketball, just in general, it's, uh, it's Stephen A. Smith. It's Skip Bayless. And they, they have, 
they are actually really, really smart individual people. But as their brands have built, they've kind of jumped on this villain role of just being obnoxious and loud and out jumping each other. And it sells. But so, uh, yeah. well, okay, you know, if, if that's if that's what Custer's trying to do, I don't feel he's even doing that yeah. well. Yeah, let me. It's it's a trend everywhere with entertainment. Unfortunately, like you know, what's the, the, I, I in the past, the History Channel used to be about history. Now it's like ancient aliens and, and ghosts and stuff <laughs> like that. So what can you do? That's what people uh, come back to see. Unfortunately, yeah, I'd much rather see a goat sitting at the desk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get the bias towards the valid. I have no problems with that. Okay, no, and I, like him, him, like because he he's unapologetic when it comes to his bias towards the. Valid. And they are, in fact, much better than everybody gave him props. That, it's that, it's just yeah. the narratives that he's trying to push. Like he is trying to force feed narratives and hot takes that no one really has any one interest or two. There, for it to be a hot take, it's got to be a take. Yeah, and, and there's not, not a lot that of hot. There's not a lot of chemistry there. You you can tell like the other people are like, okay, fine. Just like they're, they're backing down because they don't want to get into it. Yeah. Uh, but enough of the analysis. Let's talk a little bit about casters. So the casters okay. that uh, we got to, to be introduced to, um, uh, well, ZP, but I'll say ZP and uh, Jake. ZP was awesome. Like, yes. I like him. He's a guys. He, he, we've seen him on the scene for a couple of years. <laughs> He like, should have been I'm here last so year. Happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy for him. Yeah. And I that to me, that was that was prime time. Definitely. And I, you know, there there's some discussion over like, okay, you needed to cycle out some of the old to, to get with the new. I personally thought there was going to be space regardless of, of talent. Uh, but I felt that 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 like I was I was almost paying equal attention to the casting that I was to the match. Right. He's really good. And despite some of the criticism that I saw, at least on social uh, for Jake, I really like the balance that they have between him and, and Jake. Jake kind of giving yeah. you the more uh, subdued uh, pros perspective and, and they play off each other pretty well. But there's almost instant chemistry there. Yeah. yeah and right? they did have that experience, uh, I think, going back to, was it the Gauntlet and then World Cup? Mm-hmm. They yeah. In the past. And Jake, like Jake did seem a little bit kind of nervous, but I think yeah. as the matches go on, and, it, and I think that's normal, it's right? Expected, like going from yeah. playing video games every day to, sure. to talking for a living. Sure. Um, but I think when he calms down, his kind of knowledge of the game, plus you know his ability to kind of read and react and explain what's going on. Um, I think one of the one of the comments was like they pronounce KSP and KSF accurately every single time which is <laughs> much I, I had trouble saying it just now so yeah. so like I, I i think it's promising <laughs> I apparently we cannot even pronounce the names of our own players so <laughs> there you go we just say tax now yeah the uh bren sideshow bearing they're okay i mean i was pleasantly surprised because they were like sort of like goofballs last season and they did well. They did well. I was pleasantly surprised. I expected less, and they surprised me. So this is what I actually felt worked really well for them. Bren brought himself down a level, mm. and uh, Sideshow sort of brought himself up. And I, 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 I feel that that helped sort of provide the balance that sort of the two extremes or you know, if they were both up or, or sort of down, that that would have been almost grating to to listen to. Mm. Um, I actually felt not so much that they were nervous, 
that they were trying to overdo things at times and really get into like actually there was one point and I think Sam you meant you caught it and shared it on Twitter where they were going off about something that had happened something minor like a one pick and then you had like I think it was Stitch just going ham mm-hmm. and they they completely missed it and I think that's where they were they were overdoing it they were they were overanalyzing some minor point and missing the actual play that was in front of them yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's sideshow doubling down on his kind of mentioning that the Titans are a lot lower. I don't know if it's a plat chat thing, but I did notice that like a few times, and and I and to kind of you know now I'm a little bit more emotionally detached from it. Maybe they were trying to kind of play up the underdog thing, with Glad's being the underdog in in that match that they casted. But but I think there's just some parts where it's just like you know the the Titans are here on this four minute hold, and we're talking about that like two pick of off the may or whatever i'm like hmm. the like what's important here and it just kind of felt very like home team for the glads yes. um but i'd say for the most part that wasn't noticeable through the the other matches um but obviously they're they're talented people so i have no doubts about their abilities to to cast i have some questions about whether they can cast without bias but there's always going to be internal bias yeah like uh, Wolf and Achilles, who, who I really love, they are kind of tending to go biased uh, towards the other end, especially with like uh, uh, the Titans and other Korean-based teams. But that's where they are. Uh, they're grown in Korea in that casting world. So mm-hmm. Apex was the big meme, right? When they started talking about it in the desk. And we'll get them in the upcoming uh, weekend. I think Overwatch League announced that we'll get more Uber and Mr. X that, that we obviously didn't mention, but they are still on point and really, really good. And yeah, get Uber, Uber X yeah. is their, their top pair. Yeah. I'm sure they like the budget that <laughs> uh, they didn't lowball uh, this pair, especially no, Uber. Me... The, uh, yeah. He yeah. got the accolades. He got the reward, I think twice in a row as being the best commentator in esports. and Achilles and Wolf and Uber X in the Philadelphia homestand. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that. So the, the pairing that we haven't actually touched on it, Hex and Jaws. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't recall anything that stood out, which I guess in so- itself is a good thing. There was one thing that I, uh, I saw from them that was quite unique to this pair. Uh, sometimes these pairs, they almost like couple-like in a way that they play off each other. And I kind of like the banter that they had, uh, kind of opposing views to a lot of these things, even about like normal stuff that they brought from their personal lives about, joking where they are from and uh and that uh, america versus uh uk sort of thing it was pretty funny uh we'll see it's hard i guess for uh for for the new guy it's uh legs right he's been detached from uh like they was who, who was his well, jaws uh, jaws and like so because they were separated from you know playing off of their normal counterpart uh it'll be harder to 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 get get that chemistry back but it's a good start i like outside of of production the commentating didn't really deter from the experience for me no and and that's i that's a good point to make clear to me that was actually where some people had question marks the Mm -hmm. the talent outside of custa and my opinion about it was fine uh production they need they need to clean that stuff up they got to get their crap in order. The fact that they have a guy like Pete Vestelica who comes from 
the production side of traditional sports, we're talking like Fox Sports, and it's still occurring at the level that it occurred, right. that, that just blows my mind. Get some streamers out there, man. <laughs> like, and I'm assuming here, uh, you sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, there are streamers that provide better production, as you had said, out of their bedroom. Sure. That's a, technolo- a technology thing, I think. And and just to mention the fact that I'm sure there were a lot of issues that we weren't even aware of, thanks to the uh, casters who were so professional. I'm sure it was hard for them as well. And luckily, they were able to smooth out some of the points uh, when when they knew that things were going wrong with with the the you know the the stream and they were like okay uh addressed it and they proceeded professionally and nothing was really feeling too awkward so i give them props for that too because it's harder to do a good job when everything around you is kind of wobbly and, and uncertain and and they did do a good job in my eyes mm-hmm. so as we look to wrap up this episode uh, we have this standing rule that if you drop us a review, we will read that review verbatim. So we knew there was a review coming in. We were told that there was going to be a review coming in for this episode, and it came in on the wire. But uh, Jawaldro, which I think I might have pronounced correctly, uh, who left it on Podchaser, gave us five out of five stars. Here's what uh, he says. After exactly one year, and three days. After listening to the first episode of Ready, Set, Pwn, I finally managed to write a review. I was following RSP's Twitter and discussing in the Discord for a way longer since I was looking for information on the Vancouver Watch franchise, which was so hard to find back then. Vancouver was like my first true home team, which I couldn't find in the inaugural season. While I am from Austria, I spent half a year during high school in Vancouver and learned to love the city and local culture. You might say RSP was always my premier source on the, back then, unnamed Vancouver team. Just before I flew out to Los Angeles to watch the very first three Titans games in person, I finally started listening to the podcast. I wasn't quite sure what I was getting into, but let's say it like that. I had a 15-hour flight and a lot of episodes to catch up. I didn't watch a single movie on the plane. I must admit, it's my first podcast I listen to on a regular basis, but somehow this podcast got me to listen to it every week for a year now. It was a new experience to listen to someone talk about Overwatch and the League while having less experience to it than I do. It was a fresh feeling to the world of self-proclaimed experts in the esports scene. While the podcast definitely got more professional with time, you still get that spark when Chris starts mentioning his latest quick play adventures after charging into the enemy backline on Reinhardt. Chris, Ani, and Sam will talk through everything that happened with the Titans since the last episode, and if there isn't enough to talk about, they will find topics to read into. You get all you want to know about the Vancouver Titans and more. If that's not all, a lot of the Overwatch League stories get mentioned, providing a great recap for the whole league as well. The occasional guests are always top-notch and provide great insights. All in all, this is a great podcast about the Vancouver Titans and the Overwatch League. The perfect balance in information and entertainment is the reason to tune in for every single episode. The personal note those three give makes this podcast so great. Thanks for all the countless hours. Spotify disagrees and says 4,433 minutes in 2019 um, that I could listen to your voices. Keep up the good work. It's much appreciated. So first and foremost, thank you for for what is by far one of the most detailed reviews we've received. Uh, Second, 
if this keeps up, if we continue to get such detailed reviews, we might actually have to have a review episode. <laughs> so we just read things. <laughs> and, or, and, and if people send in like, you know, pictures of them, or is that, uh, is that a 2019 thing, Sam, where they can take a capture or a screen capture of their, uh, I don't know. Uh, I think RSP we should do number. something new. Well, Gotta there was fresh for 2020, right? There was Maybe talk like, in RSP court about uh, Omni, you know, singing songs and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Omni can sing songs and I can eat Cheez-Its. Yeah. <laughs> you can crunch while I sing. Like, exactly. I'll be on beat. Oh, pretty nice. Yeah. But uh, again, that, uh, that review is, is much appreciated. I mean, I, I said this in, in RSP court, but we create the content for you, our listeners. And I know I say this like almost every episode these days, but it, it is it is stuff like this that motivates me to continue to want to do more. Um, I don't do this because I look for a future in casting or analysis when it comes to esports. I am quite proud of my inability to get out of bronze and the fact that my belief that Reinhardt is a damage hero is a good thing. Um, I am the first person to tell you that uh, my hot takes are the hottest you'll ever hear, and they barely scratch the surface of takes, but that's okay. Because, again, this is all about having fun, and this is a video game, and we should have fun playing video games. How dare you have fun? How dare you? Although I, I, I will admit, going back to the review, um, it the, the sort of line where it's a nice, it's a new experience to listen to someone to talk about it, while having less experience to it than I do, was that meant to, is it like complimentary or is that a subtle dig? Like I'm, hmm. was it subtle? I think you <laughs> need to leave us, <laughs> you leave us another review to clarify yourself. Yeah, yeah. Cause yeah, we, 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 we got lines to fire if it's a dig. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to add to that, I mean, I'm personally in ready set pwn for the money, but, no, to be serious, uh, it's really humbling and we really appreciate all the kind words. We are touched by that. And that kind of like what gives us the power to do this week in and week out. And yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think I think we should do an hour count to see how many hours these three guys spend talking to each other who have no relation whatsoever. <laughs> if you want to drop us a review, I would have normally told you to go to ratethispodcast.com slash ready set poem, but apparently you listeners have gone and hit that button far too much because there was an unadvertised rate limit uh, to using that link. So it's broken. Um, it's, it's actually a novel uh, idea. Create something to make it easy for people to leave reviews for podcasters, but lock it down real hard, real quick and monetize it through a gate uh, because there are some podcasters out there that thirst for, for reviews. I mean, I won't lie. I enjoy uh, when people provide us reviews. I, I do ask often, hey, if you can, you know, leave us a review where you, where you are able to. But I don't I don't demand it, and I'm not going to go and pay to to sort of, uh, you know, vanquish that thirst. Damn, I should have got into the app game is all I'm, I'm saying. But uh, if you do leave us a review, it can pretty much be on any platform that accepts them. I know iTunes does. Um Podchaser is a good platform. It's actually a relatively new platform, but uh, it allows you to not only uh, leave comments about podcasts, but it helps you surface and curate other podcast content that are out there. Podcasting is, is your thing. So I'd encourage you to check it out. That said, you can also drop a, a review that we play on air. Uh, the easiest way to go about that is to head to voicelink.fm slash ready, set, poem. Uh, if you head there, 
and record from whatever device you're on, your phone, your tablet, your computer. Um, I will do my best to include whatever that recording is in an upcoming episode. So as we look to wrap this one up, any final words of wisdom that you wish to share to all of our listeners there, boys? In a parallel universe, Genji is in Haksalmane. <laughs> yeah, I see what you did there. there. I was like, but he is. Oh, no, I get it. How about you, Sam? About us, if you want to get in on the Overwatch action, you can join Chris and I to flub some Anna Nano boosts. Pretty much any day of the week now. I think I'm down to like 1100 or something. Playing exclusively Anna. Hey, we're pros, you and I. We're going pro. I played a match today that was 700. It's like going for that bottom 500. Uh... It was painful. <laughs> the uh, final words for me, yeah, I just uh, want to share that if you somehow missed it, because I was actually quite proud that uh, it took place, uh, I joined uh, the game show on the local radio station or one of the local sports radio stations here in Vancouver, Sportsnet 650. Uh, this past week, so Friday night, uh, they do have the entire hour. It's actually 48 minutes after you factor in sort of the commercial breaks that don't exist. Uh, you can stream it off of Sportsnet 650's uh, website. And uh, I did share a, a direct link to it uh, on Twitter. If you go to uh, twitter.com slash reset home. And then uh, Omni and I, we actually joined uh, the guys over at the CA Overwatch uh, podcast uh, and uh, shared our thoughts uh, leading into the weekend with the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant. If you are so inspired, uh, you can also find the link to their YouTube video because they're exclusively on the YouTube right now. And that also means you get to see myself and Omni on camera. So Face reveal. <laughs> yeah, it may be a good thing. It might be a bad thing. All I can guarantee you is it is a thing. Um, but if you are looking for us online, it's readysetpone.com, twitter.com slash readysetpone, or facebook.com slash readysetpone, instagram.com slash readysetpone. It is readysetpone pretty much every which way to Sunday that you can find us. So on behalf of Sam at another Sam Chan, Omni at Omni Strife, and myself, Chris at Lightforce, I'm going to sign off with those magical two words from the favorite damage hero of everyone, Reinhardt, Catchrays. Thank you.